You're listening to the Reconditioned Podcast, and today I speak to visionary pioneer in women's health and one of the grossly misnamed disinformation dozen, Dr. Christiane Northrup, about how we take back our goddamn power as sovereign women. So make sure to hang around for this one. Your personality creates your personal reality. Authentic power is when your personality comes to serve the energy of your soul. The truth is the body is one ecosystem. You can get to the root cause and everything goes away. Welcome to the Reconditioned Podcast, where I use my knowledge and expertise of over a decade in the wellness and transformation world to take a deep dive into what makes us thrive as humans. I'm Lauren Vacneen, leading wellness and transformation coach. And following my remission from the rheumatoid arthritis I'd had for 27 years that left me wheelchair bound by the age of 18, I created a unique coaching combination, conflating physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual aspects of self to create true long-lasting well-being in all senses of the word. This podcast is one of the many free resources I've created to help you achieve the same. Whether you're suffering from chronic illness, raising children in a world of conflicting information, you're an entrepreneur wanting to step into your purpose, or you simply want to feel empowered and motivated to become the best version of yourself, join me along with expert guests as we uncover the most actionable and tangible ways to recondition ourselves back to wellness. Before we get stuck into the uninterrupted episode, I wanted to let you know why I am such a huge fan of the company supporting this season of Recondition. The Indu Clinic in Harley Street, who specialize in biological dentistry. Now you might recall me speaking about my journey with biological dentistry, both here on the podcast and over on my Instagram, and all of it was conducted over at Indu. So those of you who have been here for a while will remember that I was suffering from trigeminal neuralgia, which is otherwise known as the suicide disease, and it really was that bad. And three dentists over 18 months had told me it was nothing to do with my teeth. After a colleague told me about biological dentistry, and I'd been reading numerous books on the subject, and I watched the film Root Cause, which I highly recommend you all watching, I found the Endo Clinic, and they absolutely ticked every box I was told to look for. And I really was told to tick off these boxes to ensure that they were genuinely taking a biological approach to dentistry. So that's everything from safe mercury removal protocols to ceramic inlays and ceramic implants and a general health optimization approach. They use absolutely no metal at all. They work on the basis that our immune function is lowered during dental procedures, which is just something that you don't get at all with conventional dentistry. The possible connection between my health concern and dentistry was found in the first consultation. Again, something that all these other dentists and facial pain specialists at honestly some of London's top hospitals were not able to see. Because what they know is that previous dental treatments can lead to jaw cavitations, something that only those who are trained in biological dentistry know how to look out for. Now during my procedure I was given IV vitamin infusions, ozone therapy and this state-of-the-art plasma PRF treatment which was all to ensure that we were giving the body the very best chance to heal. And there's also a whole pre-treatment protocol as well. Anyone who listens to this podcast will know how much my life's journey has been about health optimization So this was just revelatory to me. And the trigeminal neuralgia went away the very next 
day. And it's not just facial problems. We now know that up to 70% of chronic health conditions can be as a result of conventional dentistry treatments and misconceptions surrounding oral care. I honestly recommend this clinic to everyone I know. And if you are experiencing any dental, facial, or chronic health problems, or you just want your teeth looked after by a team who truly understand the long-term way to keep teeth and gums healthy, go to nduclinic.com. The clinic are offering a 10% discount off your initial consultation for anyone who mentions coming through Lauren. And this will include a dental exam, x-rays, 3D scans, and even your first hygienist appointment. So that is nduclinic.com. Thank you to Endu. Hello everyone, thank you for joining once again. I have been so excited to record this episode with Dr. Christiane Northrup. She's just sensational, a visionary pioneer, or as Tommy John calls her, spiritual ninja, which I think is a great term. She's just awesome, she's just fearless, fierce, absolute goddess, and she has so much to teach women. She has so much to teach everyone, but specifically women. And what's important is that men can benefit so much from listening to and reading about her work about women and women's bodies. And my husband is actually reading one of her books at the moment, Goddesses Never Age. And I think all men should be reading books like that to have a deeper understanding on how women's bodies work and why and how to support that. Her books are incredible. And if you are a woman anywhere. I mean, I am not yet approaching menopause or perimenopause, but I have read her book, The Wisdom of Menopause, because it's essential reading, because the, the entire purpose of her work is to prepare our bodies so that we don't get to menopause and then just look at it and go, oh, I'm going through menopause. I'm having hot sweats. I'm having hot flushes. I'm going through this. I can't remember anything. I've got extreme brain fog. My, bah, I'm in pain. I, you know, why do we expect that we can treat our bodies in any way we want and not really look after them and help them thrive in the way that nature intended. And then when something goes wrong, we moan about it and expect that there's gonna be a quick fix. The entire point of living in this holistic way is to give your body what it needs constantly. So when you get to that point, you're not facing those difficulties. And I heard about this series, supposedly, that Davina McCall is doing on menopause. And it kind of got me a bit upset because it's just one side of the story. It's her experience of menopause based on perhaps her not taking these precautionary preventative measures. I don't know, maybe she did. That's me being presumptuous and that I don't ever want to do that. But the purpose of Dr. Northrup's work is to teach women how to have respect and reverence for their bodies and how to help our bodies thrive and approach any transitionary period with all the information we need to ensure that we give our bodies the very best chance of health, of, you know, getting through menopause and allowing it to be something that actually we don't have to get through. It's another phase of womanhood and it can be a magical time. Anyway, we do not spend the whole time talking about menopause. In fact, we barely talk about menopause. We do touch on it. Um, because we spoke about lots of other things, like everything that's going on in the world right now and how we manage that and how we keep ourselves kind of sane during these times. And we did speak about women's bodies and how to be a sovereign woman and take back your goddamn power, as the title 
would tell you. Anyway, she is truly a wonder and I was so honoured to be able to have her on the podcast. You'll love this episode. She's got so many nuggets of wisdom and I just hope you all enjoy it. And if you do enjoy it or you enjoy any of the episodes, please remember to leave a review on iTunes. It really helps me. It helps the podcast to get out to more people. It helps more people hear about the podcast. So please do that and check out the show notes for more information. So here she is. It's Dr. Christian Northrup. Christiane Northrup, MD, visionary pioneer in women's health, is a board-certified OBGYN with more than 30 years of clinical experience. Former assistant clinical professor of OBGYN at the University of Vermont College of Medicine and three-time New York Times best-selling author of Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, The Wisdom of Menopause and Goddesses Never Age. In 2013, Reader's Digest named Dr. Northrup one of the 100 most trusted people in America. In 2016, she was named one of Oprah Winfrey's Super Soul 100, a group of leaders who are using their voices and talent to awaken humanity. And in 2020 and 2021, she was included in the Watkins Spiritual 100, a list of living people that make a unique and spiritual contribution on a global scale. Internationally known for her empowering approach, Dr. Northrop embraces medicine, acknowledges the unity of mind, body, emotion, and spirit and teaches women to create health by tuning into their inner wisdom. After decades spent transforming women's understanding of their sacred bodies and processes, Dr. Northrup now teaches women to thrive at every stage of life. So welcome. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Oh, it's such a a pleasure and an honor to have you. I've been following your work for such a long time. And (laughs) as you know, I had your daughter Kate on the show as well. Yes, yes. I'm just so it's funny because with with all my guests I usually have an intention for each episode with you there's just so much to cover and so many places to go with it that I honestly don't know where to start but before we begin properly I do like to start the episode by asking my guests what have you done so far today to support your wellness I took a shower outside in the sunshine I um, held my couple cats And as always, I began the morning checking in with my colleagues all around the world for support and solidarity as we create the new earth together. So let's start there then, because you've taken us into that quite nicely. And there are so, like I said, there's so many places we can go with this. And I do want to touch on all of them. I want to touch on women's health. I want to speak about um, aging. and how you approach that, but we can't kind of move forward without acknowledging your place in kind of this this new movement at the moment. Um, and right also, on. yeah, and 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 kind of your um, your part in that. You've had a huge part in awakening the collective, I guess. And your um, IG lives during the lockdowns were honestly, you know, one of the things that were keeping me going. So. I'd love to just get your perspective on actually, because my community always, you know, we're always talking about what is the deeper meaning here? You know, why is this happening and why is it pushing us so far out of our comfort zones? Well, that's what it takes uh, to birth something. Mm -hmm. Anyone who's had a baby knows that you get to, oh, you know, eight, nine centimeters and you get fully dilated at 10 centimeters. And that last little bit is, uh, excruciating foremost, not all. And this is when women say, I'm done. I'm, I'm leaving. I can't take it another moment. But I've had that same experience 
on uh, hiking trips early on in my life with my family because I had a mother whose idea of a great time was a heavy backpack and uh, a climbing up mountains in the rain. And that prepared me beautifully for the career ahead because we have more in us than we know. We have more in us than we know. However, we're also hardwired to seek the easiest path. I mean, we really are. I have a personal trainer and we started with squats and he'd say, get down further. And it was excruciating. I hadn't done that in forever. I'd done Pilates, but nothing like this and nothing like these heavy weights. Mm -hmm. And so everyone needs to know what the edge is, like how far they can push it. There's two groups of people. There are the ultra athletes, the marathon runners. They don't know when to stop. That group doesn't know when to stop. And many of them die prematurely because they've wrecked their immune system from overexercise. That is not the vast majority. The vast majority have never known what that edge looks like. They've never known how much they can take. The entire human race is now in a grand birth, rebirth into our magnificence. But what will not work and is not working is to escape into drugs, alcohol, sex, food, depression, sleeping, uh, denial. That won't work. Or pretending, as some of my colleagues have tried to do, oh, we're just going to be neutral. Right. Yeah. We're not going to say anything. We prefer to be Switzerland, by the way, you all know, Switzerland is anything but neutral, but still we understand the concept. And so at this point, it also takes so much courage. I was um, reading an article about Dave Chappelle and his latest comedy special, where he all comedy, all good comedy is based on the truth. It's the, the truth that we can all laugh at. And apparently in this comedy special, which I haven't seen, he has a trans woman on and he's making fun of the biologic gender and transgender. As an OBGYN, when I go near that, the criticism, the hate, but it's orchestrated hate. What I want people to know is this is not hate from your fellow human beings who have half a clue. This is uh, pre-programmed hate that people have learned now uh, in schools and over generations. So when I was doing those IG lives last year, I've lost two IG accounts now, of course. Um, so I'm on Telegram. And uh, when I was starting in, all I had done and let's be very clear with your audience. All I had done was testify against vaccine mandates for children in schools, nursery schools, colleges, because our state was proposing 72 shots by the age of 18 mm -hmm. for all children in any nursery school, daycare, uh, any of that. And using peer-reviewed medical literature, what we used to call science, I uh, gave a, a very solid argument for why this wasn't necessary, given that our state 
has a 95% voluntary inoculation rate. And after I testified, I was then on the cover of Maine Women's Magazine, a fluffy, fluffy article about wanting to get married and dancing tango. And the next thing you know, I'm the absolute target of Facebook. The hate was astounding. I mean, I've had a long and successful career. I mean, I've been on Oprah 10 times and not that that matters now at all. That's like all done, that's gone. Um, and then we had a local business called Coffee by Design that just began the hate on, in their Facebook for me was puzzling, but I've spent so long in my career pushing the envelope with what should just be common sense, like delayed cord clamping, like putting the baby on the mother's abdomen, like putting the baby on the breast immediately. This stuff I want everyone to know was highly controversial. When I started my residency, we were still using twilight sleep, meaning giving the woman secondol and scopolamine, strapping her down to the bed. She turned into a wild animal, would not really wake up for three days. And then the obstetrician would present the baby as though it was his gift to her. Then she'd fall in love with the obstetrician. So that's how I entered or and that was in Boston. At Dartmouth, where I trained as a med student, they would, the women would go through labor naturally, but the baby would be whisked away from the mother. We'd, we'd drape her as though this was a surgical procedure. She'd have the baby, cut the cord, whisk it to the nursery as though this were some kind of medical emergency. And I'd watch these women, ah, oh, ah, oh, you know, ah, uh, ah. Uh because every bone in her body, every cell of any mother is oh, to reach down and bring the baby in. This is the being who's been part of her body and has, has developed to the beat of her heart. But now something so dire has happened. She gave birth, we gotta rush it off to the nursery to, here, here we go, clean it up mm. and warm it up when what it needs is to be, <clears throat> it needs to be colonized with the mother's bacteria mm. and the mother's ecosystem. So I knew that was wrong. And so I, it, within the system, I pushed the envelope as much as I could, but in a loving, compassionate way. My colleagues were not monsters. They were just doing what they thought was right. And then I learned how to do circumcisions and I did hundreds. We'd strap little boys down to a circumstraint. And I hope anyone, well, you know, you're in the UK, thank God. In the United States, they still do this barbaric procedure in about 60% of little boys. It removes 40,000 nerve endings. It removes one of the most sensitive parts of the body. It changes a man's sexual experience for the rest of his life. Uh, so I learned to do that procedure. And I did it until I, and I couldn't talk anyone out of it. I tried, I said, there's no reason for it. It took longer. It takes longer for the collective to come around. I can see it. And I've seen all this stuff years before. I thought vitamin D was a really good idea and began to talk about it in the early 1990s. That was 30 years ago, only now. 
are we talking about that? And quite frankly, at the beginning of last year, had we just gotten vitamin D into the care homes, we would have saved so many lives. Uh, vitamin C, I remember listening to Dr. Andrew Saul speak about high dose vitamin C and how essential it is and how they used to cure polio with it. And uh, one of his interviewers, because I'm listening and he had sent tons of it to China to help those people. And uh, someone said, well, if it's this effective, which it is, why isn't it used? He looked right in the camera and he said, Satan. And I remember being like shocked by that last year when I heard him. But I remembered all of my training about high dose vitamin C and vitamin C itself at high dose kept me from going blind in my left eye while I was writing Mother Daughter Wisdom. So, and God has a sense of humor. So vitamin C, S-E-E. So I was very used to uh, being on the front lines, but doing it, with enough social comportment so that I wasn't outwardly and viciously attacked. There was something about this particular time that I knew something was off, I knew something was wrong. And so I was compelled to talk about it every night on Facebook and Instagram, because I knew that if I were being called a racist, a white supremacist, a QAnon conspirator, um, I don't know what else. Oh, anti-vaxxer, of course. If And by the way, that term, both uh, anti-vaxxer and quack, uh, and quack was invented by the Rockefeller Foundation. Anti-vaxxer was uh, a, a name from Big Pharma. So what I wanna tell people, I wanna get this in for your audience. I don't ever want to hear someone say, okay, because we've got all these people who've been injured by this current inoculation, really injured, and they begin their conversation to tell you about their injury, and they start with, I'm not I'm an anti-vaxxer. Anti mm -hmm. So I get it. You're trying to keep your social bona fides. You're trying to keep your social, you know, well, I'm, I'm not anti-science. I'm not. I did a lot of media training. And one of the things I learned is you don't start something with what you're not, because all the people will remember is what you are. Mm -hmm. well, Richard Nixon, I am not a crook. What you remember is he's a crook. So what I would say to people is, uh, as my friend Rashid Batar, Dr. Rashid Batar says, I'm not anti-vax, I'm anti-stupid. Mm -hmm. And my feeling is that we all have to get away from our labels because those labels have divided humanity. And I was noticing the reason that our group, you know, sort of worldwide, someone came up with the term, we are the warriors of the radical light, not right, because people were getting trampled for their political views. This has never made any sense to me, but I see now that the, the narrative, the agenda has always been to divide people because then we're weaker. And I didn't realize when I wrote Dodging Energy Vampires in 2018, that it was predictive programming for what was happening now. Because as a, I was writing the book so that people could see the average narcissist in their family, but also knowing that there were one in a hundred people's a psychopath, no conscience whatsoever. And I wrote it to help people understand 
So basically said that the basic empathic, wonderful woman who reads my stuff would not stay with a fricking narcissist for 30 years of marriage. Well, suddenly we're all being played by a few psychopaths at the top of this pyramid. Mm -hmm. And most people can't see it because of Stockholm syndrome. So they begin to argue for those who are abusing them, just like a battered woman. It, it's just part of the entire Biderman's steps of coercion and torture. I mean, and they began to uh, tell people to isolate. We had people last year who came to my home who hadn't seen anyone or hugged anyone in six months, seven months. That alone is torture mm -hmm. for a human being. So I was just compelled from my entire career to go on IG and just start talking about my own experience, but also give hope because I could see that this has also been called the great awakening. And the great awakening for me was an astrologic term having to do with the Pluto return. And it was never associated with any of the other things. And you know, then I learned what's the difference between a conspiracy and the truth. And the answer is six months. <laughs> People were saying last year where this is going to lead. This is going to lead to massive inoculation. No, 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 no. Oh, no, we said it at the beginning. We will, you know, and there was a meme today, actually, uh, three weeks to, because this was our prime minister had said three weeks to flatten the curve, you know, stay at home for three weeks. So three weeks to flatten the curve has led to three jabs or don't feed your family. That's it. That's right. Now, the thing to remember, I listened to um, Ben Tapper, Dr. Ben Tapper in mm -hmm. Kansas City on Saturday. We were both there speaking and Ben, like me, is one of the disinformation dozen. Yeah. And, uh, and I think he quoted Thomas Jefferson, that one man with courage and the truth, something like this, is a majority. So we need to remember, we don't need to wake up the masses, although it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening just like a woman in labor. Just before it's time to push, she's going to leave and then boom, she's pushing. Mm -hmm. And then the baby comes and she forgets all about it. So there's no question that the system of tyranny and slavery, debt slavery, from the financial system that we have all lived under. Now, remember, gynecology is the study of money, sex, and power in the second chakra, in the pelvis. The, all of our problems with the pelvis, all the gynecologic problems, are related to our relationship with money, sex, and power. Mm. And the deep state, dark cult, whatever you want to call them, has manipulated humanity through the second chakra, money, sex, and power. The psychopaths running this agenda do not have access to delight, to spirituality, to ecstasy, to creativity. They don't have that access. What they're really good at is control and technology, artificial intelligence. If you look at, who was it that uh, Unilever, Unilever sponsored the Olympics and they had their uh, 
their Unilever symbol around the Olympics. And if you went on the website, you would see that they're advertising the next great advance in human life, which is the combining of AI intelligence, a robot and human intelligence. So they literally had a, a visual of a robotic hand and a human hand going like this, a recreation of Adam and, on, and God in the Sistine Chapel where Adam reaches up and mm -hmm. God comes down only for them. There is no God. So their God is control and artificial intelligence. So it's a robot finger and a human finger. And that's what this whole thing has been about control. And it's been happening really for, for hundreds of years. I listened to Robert Michael talk about the legal system that we have. And uh, there's very, very good proof that all of us on the planet have been controlled by the Vatican, the city of London and Washington DC. Those are the three entities that have enslaved humanity through debt slavery. Because you remember in the, in the 50s, people raised in the 50s and then early 60s, so post-World War II, one parent could stay at home and the other could work and you could live quite a lovely life. And then in the 60s and the Vietnam War, and it all started again, because you've got to have a war to keep making the, the deep state money. And in fact, we now know that World War I and World War II were financed by the exact same people. So these are the, these are the truths of the great awakening where people are realizing what I thought was the truth is not the truth. And if you can indoctrinate the human race into believing that their bodies need constant surveillance, mm -hmm. constant uh, disease screening, mammograms and ultrasounds and colonoscopies and all the rest of it. You can convince people that they need that or they need a statin drug for their cholesterol when all of that could be taken care of with lifestyle and diet. You convince people that they can't be well without an annual physical exam and annual blood tests and all of that. So the programming is your birth is a disaster waiting to happen. Your life is a disaster waiting to happen, but we have the pill, we have the cure. So think about the mastermind behind all of this. And we go back, by the way, to smallpox and polio mm -hmm. and um, Suzanne Humphreys dissolving illusions has done a masterful job right, of but... pointing out that the vaccine agenda is not what you think. And everyone who died in the 1918 great flu epidemic had had an inoculation. So this PSYOP has been going on for a long time and people really believe, and you know, because they're your friends and neighbors and maybe family members, that you need to get all these inoculations. That's what's keeping you healthy. You can't be healthy. Now we're, we're inoculating pregnant women in the second trimester of pregnancy with DPT and uh, flu shots. And here's what I want to know. 
what happened to, and by the way, these are the same women who eat natural food, do yoga, do grounding, believe in their power to be well. But when it comes to this shot, this particular one, you and I and our colleagues have just folded. Um, most of the past presidents of the American Holistic Medical Association have just folded. These are people who talked about vitamin D, vitamin C, delayed cord clamping, our ability to be healthy. You can see the medical literature, this thing that we're so afraid of has a 99.9% .9 survival rate. And we've had wonderful treatments from the very beginning. And then every time you mention a treatment, which I did for a year and a half till I lost all those channels, then the, the fact checkers would say false information. Yeah. They would even say false information when you got the information from their own websites. And so it is, and you can see how it would have taken, oh, two, three generations for people to buy it because they've been taught to get your annual physical. Then I think Nixon in the United States said, we're, we're mounting a war on cancer. How well is that done? Actually, a war on anything is not a good idea. What's a good idea is getting your vibration, your frequency as high as you possibly can. But, and here's where people fall off the truck. High frequency is also associated with the truth. Looking straight at these psychopaths and telling the truth and looking at the truth of it. That's high frequency. What we've learned is butterflies and kittens and flowers. And um, I remember a book, it was literally called, uh, You Don't Have the Luxury of a Negative Thought. Spiritual bypass. A total, total spiritual bypass. And that's what we've seen a lot of our colleagues fall for mm -hmm. is the spiritual bypass in, on, on steroids. Yeah. And that's what a narcissist, personality disorder, borderline, or psychopath counts on. They count on that. They'll, they'll keep you going with that. They'll lie to you. They have malignant intuition. They know exactly what you want to hear. So therefore, at the beginning of the lockdown, stay at home, flatten the curve. I thought, well, this seems weird, but you know, we're all in this together. And then you'd see hearts pop out and you're like, oh, oh yeah, all for humanity. We'll do it. And the next thing you know, we are brainwashing three-year-olds that if they take off the mask, they're going to kill their grandmother. And a lot of them believe it. Mm -hmm. I remember I would go out walking in the woods and three-year-olds, the parents would say, hold your breath and run around her. Um, daughter Kate, as you know, uh, she just got out of here because she wasn't going to subject her children to that kind of craziness. And, and here's what I noticed. I took those two little girls to an aquarium in Florida where they were requiring masks. And we walked in and I said to the little girls, take those off, give them to me. You're not wearing those. Because they need an authority figure. Because, you know, socially, right? We, we want to fit in. We want to do, we're herd creatures. We want to do what everyone else is doing. So what I do is my own little bit of resistance is I don't wear a mask in the airport. In the plane, you've got to, they'll kick you off. But in the airport, so I've gone through Detroit, Atlanta, Denver, 
um, Kansas City, take the mask off the minute I'm off the plane. No one says a word, no one, but mm -hmm. I'm the only one. Yeah. So what I would say to people is just practice this. This is an individual strengthening. Practice this to see how uncomfortable it makes you, because it will, because you want to just fit in so no one says anything because we've all been trained to be obedient in public school, but just do it and then keep doing it. And when you see someone without a mask, go up to them. That's how we create this grid work of freedom. Mm. Yeah. I've worn a mask twice this whole, this entire time. That's amazing. Totally been against it from the beginning. And my children have never worn one and, and they never will. And, um, but it, it is, it does take a lot of, um, I don't want to say courage, but you know, you are, everyone looks at you like you are this pariah. Yes. Um, and it, it's challenging, but I think that brings us more deeply into our own truth and, and, and makes you stand up even more for what you believe in. And I've had now situations where, you know, and so many people in my community have had to have had, you know, fallen out with family members and yes. this keeps happening. You know, these situa situations keep arising, but I think it pushes us further and further. And what I've seen is, is a few things. There are people, you know, absolutely, totally, um, on board with it and, and in the fear very much in the fear and you have to have compassion for that um but there is a lot of intuition there as well that's guiding people and they don't know it yet so even this morning I had a situation with a, a you know one of my sons um you know a school school mum and um she said oh I'm so glad my son doesn't have to get the vaccine now um no no her daughter now has covid so she's like well that means she doesn't have to get the vaccine because she's a teenager and, you know, I was holding off and getting my son to have it, but something was holding me back. And I said, that's your intuition. Let it okay. guide you. And I think we are softly, gently sowing seeds that are, it is, you know, people are, these. we're sowing these seeds and people are feeling it. Um, the difficulty is, I suppose, when you are in this part of this collective where all you see is fear, um, and it's and it and it feels all consuming sometimes what's your i guess what's your feeling on how this is going to end are we going to see huge shifts happening i i think it was you that i heard you say somewhere it only takes one to three percent of a population to to make a huge change yes that's right and we're about there yeah now the astrology of october I sometimes listen to Joni Petrie, who is a Vedic astrologer out of Texas. And as she talked, I only know Western astrology, but she talks about, you know, these plant, Rahu and Kehu, I don't know what they are, but that there's going to be this shift and it's likely to be definitely at the end of October, October, November, December. Here's an example. We had, I think, 1,800 Southwest airline flights canceled on Sunday. The Southwest pilots are walking out. Mm. And this is going to catch on more and more and more. That's how a movement is. So yes. the first person who's doing it doesn't have a lot of power, but they have uh, an enormous amount <clears throat> of personal sovereignty. That, and, and I'm like that. I'm that person and have been 
for years. And then when it's safe, you know, then other people will follow, but it's really the second person to do it. So now, and, and people don't realize if you're an airline pilot, you got a whole group of airline pilots that you're talking to all over the world. That's your group. Mm. And uh, so now when they do that, and, and you get, it's interesting, you get to this point, and I want to talk about this point because it's, uh, it is a turning point in every individual. We had a woman in our group, Maine Stands Up, and when they announced the vaccine mandate for healthcare workers, one of our group, a nurse, got together a huge demonstration outside of the hospital. One of our members wanted to go, but she was afraid that her friends would see her. She didn't want to be in the news, you know, the usual, like, oh. And she put her sign in the car and had on a big hat with sunglasses so no one would see who she was. She gets there. She sees all the other people there. There's, there's this huge group of people in solidarity. And something switched in her. And she said, suddenly, I reached that point, uh, the line in the sand, I would have run through the windows in that hospital if I had had to. And I think for mothers, at least the, the potential mother bear thing in each of us, which I've talked about for decades, mm -hmm. uh, is if you're coming for my child, you're going to have to go through me. You hurt my child and you're a dead person. I knew, I mean, people would say, you know, could you kill someone? I said, oh yeah, no problem. I know that part of myself. There was a thing in the eighties called model mugging where they were teaching women to stand up for themselves. And what would happen is some guy all dressed up in uh, like a lot of padding and all of that stuff would attack you. And it was your job to um, stand up for yourself. And I've listened to women who said they had to do the course three times to be able to stand up and fight for themselves because the first two times they just cowered and you know stayed on the floor in fetal position. Mm -hmm. I want everyone to know the place inside where you could stand up and if need be, you could kill another person who was about to kill your child. We need to know that place inside. I believe that this is what some of the pressure is about so that we stand up and we say no more. We have also had within new age teachings, we've had three, four, five generations of law of attraction. As you think, so you feel, so you attract. And so we have, unfortunately, really screwed that up to you can never be angry and just think the thought that feels better mm -hmm. and all of that. Well, the problem with that is that when we have what we have right now, you somehow think that being nice around a county board of supervisors or your pastor who has folded and told you that Jesus would have liked to have you have the shot. If Jesus were walking on the earth, he would have told you to have the shot. Mm -hmm. um, if this doesn't infuriate you, you have a problem. Mm -hmm. Up is down, down is up. Um, 
Gene Decode, whose work I love, was having a uh, colleague of his read my Wikipedia profile to him. And he said to me, boy, you have a lot of light. He said, they don't, they don't rip you apart in public like that, unless it's the opposite of the truth of who you are. So at this point, I would say to anyone, if you are trying hard to maintain your reputation within a rotten system, give it up. You don't want a good reputation in that system. Mm -hmm. Here I am with, you know, the Watkins Spiritual 100. I was surprised I made it in the 2021 version because I figured, you know, if you questioned the narrative in 2021, then the spiritual people would think that you were no longer spiritual. But there must be someone at Watkins who's awake, which was lovely. Um, you know, but in 2013, I was named one of the 100 most trusted people in America. How do you go from that to being one of the disinformation dozen? And by the way, because I've been in holistic medicine for so many years, that's just common. Uh, Linus Pauling, who won two Nobel Prizes, began to do his research on vitamin C. Then he was a crazy old demented man. Uh, Sir William Harvey, who depicted the circulation of the blood from the heart, was decried as a heretic. Emil Semmelweis, one of my favorite, who just suggested to the doctors, after you've been working with those cadavers, you might want to wash your hands before you deliver babies. Mm -hmm. At that time, the number of women who died in childbirth in the hospital was far greater than those who delivered at home. Mm -hmm. And there was great pressure to deliver in the hospital and women were terrified of it. Whole towns rallied together in England to avoid the smallpox inoculation and got well with fresh air and care at home in quarantined villages. That's with a known bacteria, smallpox. We're talking about a virus that has never even been adequately depicted. We don't have a sample of the virus. So it's, I just want people to know that that common sense thing needs to come roaring back. It needs to come back because all those talking heads will follow the science. I, I have to tell you, I am, I've always been a little outside of my colleagues in medicine always, but this is insane. And must, many of your listeners must feel the same with their families. Wait a minute. I thought my dad or my mom had common sense. Mm -hmm. I thought that my brothers, my sisters, I mean, we're now getting, friends of mine are getting wedding invitations and it says on the bottom, yeah. if you're not, if you haven't had the shot, you can't come. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, oh my God. But on the other hand, uh, if it's just one person who's scared and in the narrative and everyone else is like you and me, what you will find is, that the fear of the person in the mask goes away in the group and they begin to feel safe and secure in a whole group of people who don't buy it. And then suddenly their own, their own uh, sense of themselves returns. Yeah, because yeah. I guess your perception is based on what you're exposed to. So 
I'm very fortunate because I live in my own echo, like in my own echo chamber because my community, my, my tribe, you know, are all like me, none of us vaccinate our kids, none of us, you know, are buying into any of this. Thankfully for me, my parents are also like that. So they're, they're not, you know, caving to any of this. And that's amazing because most of my, my friends who are like-minded, most of their parents have gone and done it. Um, so for me, it's, you know, and I always say this to people, it's based on what you're exposed to. So what are you exposing yourself to? Because what I'm seeing every day and what I'm reading and the people I'm listening to are exposing me to something different. So my brain is, you know, being rewired in a very different way to if I was waking up in the morning, turning on the BBC and exposing myself to the fear and listening to, you know, the emails that you get from the school, another child has tested positive and you must, you know, delete, delete, delete. So I do think that your perception is based on what you expose yourself to. And that's why I think it's our responsibility to shift what we're exposing ourselves to so that we don't, because whether you believe it or not, whether you believe what's going on or not, and how deeply you believe in it, we do know that fear changes what's going on in your body. If, you know, fear can create manifests into illness. We, we know that, you know, we know that. Well, that's very, very well. Yeah, it's, it's very well studied. We know now what we're finding out. A friend of mine in Northern California knows a lot of the ambulance drivers, the EMT guys. And she said their calls that they're getting are mostly from people having panic attacks. Panic attacks, yeah. Of course, there's so much anxiety because you can't, you, you can't possibly live the way we're living, isolating. And when you do go out, you're wearing a mask and there's you, just fear everywhere. Even it's just subliminal messages. You cannot enter the shop without a mask. Make sure you've had your vaccine. You're listening to the radio. Make sure you book in your vaccination today. Make sure you've had your booster. It's these constant subliminal messages trying to kind of infiltrate and change your perception and, and we have to find a way to um to shut that off somehow but something you touched on that i'd really like you to um to delve into a little bit more mm -hmm. is um you said about you know this virus hasn't even been isolated right. and i you know very much uh, believe in the terrain theory um yeah. versus germ theory i'd love for you to just I, I watched a video with um Dr. Thomas Cowan, um, yeah. e explaining this very beautifully. It was an hour and a half YouTube video. How can we wrap it up to explain if this virus hasn't been isolated and there's no actual proof that uh, this virus leads to this, why were people getting sick? Right. They're supposed to be the same because, thing. Um, <clears throat> that is because there is, in fact, a bioweapon and it's called a spike protein. However, and, and by the way, that's what's in the inoculation is yeah. 50 billion spike proteins, the murder yeah. weapon itself, and the antibodies that the body produces to that also attack the body. Um, so people are getting sick. They got the flu. Remember, this came, this came in the winter of 2020 and probably started in the fall of 2020, because there are people who were having, were getting sick in October and November of 2019. But I think there's two things we could say. One, notice, did, remember the geography of where people were really getting sick. So it was Wuhan, China, Northern Italy, New York City. Mm. Those, and maybe there was one other place, but the geography 
told you a lot because I believe that they were spraying a bioweapon in the contrails or the chemtrails, um, probably the food and water in those particular areas. And those who were most vulnerable, the old, those with comorbidities, the care home people, were all getting it at the same time. Then they started in with the fear porn. So I remember there were crisis actors who were being on camera. Uh, they'd show you the ICUs. And if you look back at some of those early YouTube videos, they'd show you that they weren't even people in beds. Those were dummies. So then the fear porn began and then everybody panicked. And then a normal flu season, and by the way, thousands die in every flu season, that started to happen. So there's, there's two schools of thought. One, it was just the flu with a whole dose of unrelenting 24 seven panic mm. on the news. And, or there was also a bioweapon because we know right now that if you're around people who've had the inoculation, if you're vulnerable, you can get sick. Mm. I mean, we've had women lose their babies just being around someone who's recently had the shot. Uh, we have women who are passing entire decidual casts from inside their uterus from being with a, a man who has who's had the shot. Women trying to get pregnant, literally the whole inside of the uterus falls out. So there's something going on that's way more than the flu. Mm. But uh, Cowan and also Andy Kaufman um, absolute have absolute proof that there's never been a viral pathogen. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dr. Lawrence Pilevsky just gave a masterful talk on this. And what he says is this, when a baby is born, okay, a baby is born sterile, it's sterile mostly inside the amniotic sac until it passes through the birth canal. Then it's suddenly exposed to trillions of viruses and bacteria. A virus, by the way, is dead. It needs to get into the cell in order to use the cellular mechanism to reproduce. So viruses in and of themselves are, are harmless. And you could make a case that there's never, ever, ever been a proven viral illness. Bacterial, yes, viral, no. So then the baby comes out and it has all these hundreds of thousands of bacteria and viruses on it. And that's when it begins to have to develop its immune system. As Dr. Pilevsky said, if viruses and bacteria killed humans, we, no one would be alive. Yeah. We would be dead at birth. Mm -hmm. So this is a gigantic psyop that began really with Antoine Beauchamp and Louis Pasteur. Mm -hmm. And Pasteur said it's the germ and Beauchamp said it's the terrain. And we are now as humanity going to learn a giant lesson. It is the terrain, it's always been the terrain and we have been hoodwinked into thinking it's the germ. Now they've used that contamination theory very successfully to control humanity for a long time talk to any black person who understands anything about history. You can't use this water fountain, you're unclean. You can't use this bathroom, you're unclean, blacks only. As uh, my friend Kevin Jenkins said 60 years ago, he wouldn't have been able to use a public bathroom or even book a hotel room 
unclean. The Jews in Germany were accused of having typhus. They were unclean. So you see how we've used this, there's a pathogen. And I'd like everyone listening to stop something that you've probably been doing your whole life. Well, I was around so-and-so and they gave me a cold. Mm -hmm. I caught it from, where do you think you got it from? You got it because your body needed a detox yeah. and you were vulnerable. When I would see a woman with six bouts of yeast vaginitis per year, I knew she didn't have a monostat deficiency. Something was wrong with the microbiome balance in the genital tract. And that's mostly what's going on with this. I haven't been scared for one second. I've been on planes more than normal, um, all the rest of it. Did I have whatever this thing is? Yeah, I did. I did. And I did what you do, which is massive doses of vitamin D, um, sleep a lot on the biomat, take some saunas. It's very interesting. There's something, there's something that it does to the mitochondria where you feel so tired. Yeah. Um, it's very, very odd. And then we have ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, which are anti-parasitic. So what, what is this? Mm. Is it some kind of parasite? And my colleague, Dr. Carrie Made has looked under the microscope at what's in the shot and uh, says, you know, it looks like some kind of alive hydra vulgaris. I don't know. And there's a Polish scientist who showed astounding uh, pictures of something that looks like a hydra with tentacles growing in there. So I, I don't know. There's so much that is unknown. Mm. And I think the main thing is stay away from the shot. And if you're vulnerable or if you're pregnant, I'd stay away from people who've had the shot because we do know, and it's right in Pfizer's literature, that you're not supposed to be pregnant when you've been around someone who's had the shot. Yeah, and for those listening wanting more information on the injection itself, we had Dr. Pilevsky on episode uh, 60. So oh, go perfect. back and listen to that because he really goes into what the injection itself is doing and how it's working. So that's if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to that, um, go back and listen to that. So um, yeah, obviously, like I said at the beginning, I didn't, you know, it's always difficult to know where to go because there's so much with you and so much information. I would like to go back a little bit and just ask you how how you came from this medical career and training as a medical student to being kind of this, I suppose, non-conformist within the medical world. How, how did that happen for you? You know, I was already radicalized before I went in. I just went in to find out why they were like they were. <laughs> I had family members who would be dead if they hadn't signed out against medical advice at, with an aunt and uncle who were both medical doctors and a father who was a dentist. He did uh, a lot of facial reconstruction surgery in a mass unit during World War II. And we were into Adele Davis and uh, spiked orange juice with vitamin C and all kinds of healthy eating. We had a compost heap and all the rest of it. So I was brought up on organic food and my parents were doing yoga 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I came by it naturally. And so when I, then when I went into medical school, um, at the end of my residency, my cousin was seeing Michio Kushi for her fibroid uterus. And she said, you know, why don't you meet Michio? I'm curing my fibroid with a macrobiotic diet. So I met Michio 
and I sat wow. with them in consultations and I then they'd all come in with these really thick charts and the medical profession had given up on them. And then I watched as many, not all, as many people healed through diet and all of that, which made total sense to me, given my upbringing. I, I didn't question it much. Uh, my dad had had Weston Price's book, Western Diet and Degeneration. That was right on his bedside table. Wow. So that's how it happened. Yeah. Amazing. So, so essentially you were in the medical world, but with these kind of more progressive views of a holistic, integrative yes. way of doing it. Yeah. And then my sister was killed when I was uh, in my second year of residency and my mother found someone who'd worked with a spiritualist church and she came to the house and channeled Dr. Andre. I mean, I watched her, her whole demeanor change and she became a different person. So she was a trans channel telling my mother, um, that her mother, my grandmother was in the car with my sister when she was killed and they went through the, the whole thing. So I was also introduced to that kind, to channeling and to all of that. Uh, and also angels. I, I spent uh, my teenage years having breakfast with a woman named Gretchen Carroll. And she had been to Christ Word Ministry with Flower Newhouse and uh, Flower saw angels and there was the angel of music and the angel of death. And so I had read that book, Angels of Eternity, when I was a teenager. Uh, that book is still available, I think, from the Christ Word Ministry. Absolutely gorgeous. So I always knew there were way other things. And then in college, I read all of Joan Grant's novels like Winged Pharaoh. She had a lot of novels based on her past lives. Wow. Yeah. I'm doing a lot of past life work myself at the moment. <laughs> I work, I work with a shaman um, based in Sedona, and it's um, powerful, powerful nice. stuff. Nice, nice. What I'd really like to touch on because I've read um, most of your books, not all of them, perhaps, but um, just the kind of the women's wisdom, women's intuition. Mm. and this kind of you know divine feminine essence that we have within us and it's such a big part of your work and something that I've really taken away from your work as well and I think has prompted a lot of my work with you know working with women and helping them kind of step into that um I guess why it feels like we've almost moved away from you know when you kind of see women listening to the doctors when they're pregnant and when they're giving birth and how do we get that back? How do we really help ourselves step back into this inner knowing this, this you know, there's nothing more powerful than, than a woman's intuition, but why have we stepped so far away from it and how can we get it back? Well, you know, we all we have to do is look at the burning times and the 9 million women and some men who were burned as witches mm. in the middle ages. That was actually a economy for many, many towns is making the guillotines and making the witch junking chairs and all of that. So any woman who was using her intuition was punished for it. So no woman in my experience, and that includes me, has ever trusted herself or gone with her own intuition and really owned it until she walks through the fire of the burning times. It's in the collective consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think this great awakening is sort of the final walk through the fires of being burned at the stake. When Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom was first coming out, well, let's just back it up. So I was on the cover of East West Journal 
when my daughter Anne was an infant. And there's a picture of us from that old East West Journal that that became Natural Health and all that. A picture of us uh, standing by the Charles River in Boston. And I said to East West Journal, and that was Micho's journal with Erwan and all that. I said, do not publish this cover story until I've passed my boards in OBGYN, my oral board. So I became board certified. And they, they did that. And when the issue came out, and this had to be in the early 80s, I went down to the food co-op the minute it hit the newsstands and I bought every issue so that the doctors I worked with would never see it because I was talking about nutrition. I wasn't talking about angels. I wasn't talking about any of this. I was talking about nutrition. Mm -hmm. And my colleagues made fun of me for talking about nutrition, but I always like to be included in the joke. So, okay. Then Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom coming out in the first edition in 1994. It's now in its fifth edition. And I'm done. It's the fifth final. <laughs> and um, I knew I couldn't go and buy every issue. I mean, this is a random house bantam at the time book going everywhere. And so I was going to be outed. It's like, you know, way back when you came out of the closet as gay. Now that's like, well, that's not a problem. But you know, then, oh my God, I'm going to come out of the closet as a holistic physician and my colleagues are going to know. Mm. And I woke up for three days screaming. I was certain someone was in the house who was going to kill me. If you ask Kate, she will remember that when I would wake up screaming and I would go into their bedrooms and check on them. I mean, that was kind of terrifying for them. And it was that I had to walk through that wall in the morphogenic field that was there for everyone who steps through. Now, here's the good news. And this is, of course, Rupert Sheldrake's work. The minute you transform that morphogenic field in your own life, you make it way easier for everyone else to do the same. And that's why I have... You know, I kind of, I, I say I climbed an unmarked peak at night with no trail. And now the people who follow are coming along and putting in landscape lighting and benches so you can rest. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I did that, no one had really done that quite the same. And each of us now, when, as you're doing this, you make the path wider and wider and wider. So it's no longer to say you're into angels or shamanism or you read tarot cards or whatever. No one cares about that anymore. That's, that's no big deal. The next one is questioning the vaccine agenda. Mm -hmm. That's the latest witch burning. That's the latest one. Mm -hmm. And women who question any narrative, like questioning the narrative of, of 72 mandated vaccines by the age of eight. Listen, big pharma is going to fall. Let me be clear. Big pharma is hanging itself. They're also taking down the medical system. The medical system is committing suicide at this point. And good. Any doctor who's going along with this, I'm sorry, 
any doctor who's going along with this, I, I just don't even know what to say. That so many of them have no idea. And so they're calling me, whatever they're calling me. And I've been called out now globally, which is astounding to me. It's like, wow, you guys must not have much real power. You're actually going after mm. uh, you know, a middle-aged woman living with her daughter with cats. And you think that I'm dangerous. You have no power. You have no power. When we find our true power, we become unstoppable because we're not afraid anymore. I'm not afraid. Of, listen, I gave my license back in 2015. I could see where it was going. And it was time to renew my license. And I thought, do I need this? No, I don't need this. I'm done with the Board of Registration in Medicine having a noose around my neck. I wasn't trying to be safe within a system. I'd already done it for 35 years. Just walking that tightrope and finally, and so what we're going to find now, and it's happening in our state, it's happening all over the world, we're creating communities where the laws of the public space do not apply to us. We're creating, now our rights, our human rights were given to us by God, not by man, not by governments. Our rights were not given to us by licensing boards. And we've all been under a spell of maritime law and the 13 bloodline families. This is well-documented. We're now moving into natural law, God's law. And you have to hear it a bunch of times. But when you realize, wait a minute, we were endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights. What you mean I don't need to ask permission for the Board of Registration in Medicine? I mean, think about all the PSYOP things. Your kid can't play sports until a doctor says it's okay. Mm. What's that about? You can't start an exercise program until your doctor, who by and large knows not one damn thing about nutrition or exercise, gives you the go ahead. What is this? A constant barrage of you are vulnerable. You need a doctor to tell you you're okay. Any mother knows that her kid is okay. Then what have we had? We've had 20, 30 years of mothers taking their kids in for all the regular shots and then having a kid have seizures, regress. I know you went through this with Dr. Pilevsky, who hasn't given a shot in 19 years as a pediatrician. Mm -hmm. But the parents are brainwashed into, well, how do I keep my kid's immunity where it needs to be? It's where it needs to be already. Yeah, because it has an immune right system. Food. But, but each person has her own journey mm. with this. And we need to give people the dignity of their own timeline. So I don't argue with anyone. I mean, if people come to me because they want to hear what I have to say. I'm not out there picketing the hospital saying, you are stupid fools the way you're delivering babies. I mean, they're now separating mothers from their babies if one of them tests positive with a test that's just garbage. Yeah. The test, it has no standing whatsoever. In fact, they're getting rid of, the FDA is getting rid of that test at the end of this year. They're still using it though. So you can fly internationally or any of the other stuff. It's it's so ridiculous. And I think 
as the veil is lifted, here's what I think is going to happen. I think there are going to be millions of people who have such cognitive dissonance that they may commit suicide or just be in despair. We're, it's going to be all hands on deck. When this finally comes out, we will need to be available to build, rebuild our communities. And so in the meantime, right now, this right now minute, we have to have daily doses of joy and hope and fun. We need to play instruments. We need to sing. We need to stand on the ground. We need to be silly. We need to, I like to make fun of the psychopaths myself because, you know, vamp, no vampire wants sunlight, right? Have you noticed all of the vampires, suddenly vampires were everywhere in the media, True Blood, Twilight. What the, what the heck, what's all that about? Well, it was predictive programming because it is vampires who are running this thing. And when you know who you are as a human, just like if you're a woman in a battered relationship, it is the same. Watch the Tina Turner movie where she stands up to Ike finally, because she has so much more light. And then she just looks at him, says, you don't owe me a thing. You don't owe me anything. And then you look, they're bullies, but they're weak. Let's be clear, they're bullies, but they're weak. And so when you stand up loaded with your God courage, they just go away. I love that you you described it just how you did, because I was going to ask you, you know, a question like that I get asked a lot is it's so frustrating though, because we can see it and then all these people are, you know, complying and these poor babies that we're heartbroken for and oh, all these you know, know. babies breastfeeding, you know, from mothers who have just had the vaccine and coming out in hives and yeah. you know, being in the womb and the mother having this injection and it's really difficult to to keep that frustration at bay. And I think we need an element of it because we need the passion. We need that sacred rage in order to propel us to to, to kind of be, I don't yeah. like to use the word fight because I don't want it to be a fight. I want it to be something that we're, we're standing up against and, you know, just kind of right. standing in our sovereignty. But we do need to have this element of rage within us in order to stand oh, yeah. up to it. Oh, yeah. But how do we kind of balance that and not live within the frustration it's very hard to to hear these things all the time and then you know not live within this, this frustration but something you just said was really you know something that my spiritual teacher teaches me and and I'd love that you said it was we need to play we need to be in joy we need to have fun we need to you know like put your feet on the ground take deep breaths and that I, I just love that because really that is what we need to do to keep ourselves I love the it. other thing I love you need way. to do, and I do this with Dr. Pilevsky all the time. All right. Oh, I'd love to see you two together in a room. That'd be oh my God. We did, <laughs> we did a thing together for Simon Park's collecting consciousness. And what what is the new healthcare system? What would it look like? We did a, I don't know where that is. It would be good to post that on my telegram channel, but yeah, the two of us have a lot of fun. We're also into show tunes. So he'll start and then I'll think <laughs> we were in Kansas City, walking into restaurants singing or, you know, uh, walking into the elevator singing. You know, we have a ball. I'm going to New York City next weekend. We're going to do a thing in Times Square. Oh, but wow. What's great about Larry, he's got the best gallows humor. It's so funny and it's so balancing. So what he says is this don't chase people into burning buildings. Mm. And then he said, you know what? 
this whole thing could be over instantly. So here's what let's recommend. Let's recommend that people get at least three boosters at the same time. And then they should also get their flu shot, their shingles shot, their Pneumovax, and maybe they're going to want to, you know, get up to date on childhood vaccines if they haven't had them in a while. And they should get all of those on the same day. He said that pretty much take care of the problem. Because <laughs> you never expect a compassionate pediatrician, right, to be like this. But I, I am. It matches my humor. And now my other daughter, Anne, is so sensitive. She goes, you, mom you just trigger me with the way you, you know, you talk about this stuff, but if you've gone through surgical training and you, and you've seen how bad it can get, then the only escape really is into that kind of Monty Python humor, because it's, you know, you, you have to keep yourself alive and in the big picture, because you're talking about past lives and all that, we never die. We don't die, we recycle. My mother just died, 95. And one week later, we had an amazing celebration and we uh, you know, had her ashes, we put them in a birdhouse and then all the grandkids and all the great grandkids went up to the cemetery that my brother is president of, it abuts our family farm, dug a hole and then just put her ashes in beside my dad. And within, let's see, I was flying to uh, last Thursday and they sent me a picture, a giant bald eagle landed in a tree next to the cabin where she lived. No eagle has ever been seen wow. in this area, ever. And my dad flies around the property as a red-tailed hawk. We've always known that, you know, we see the hawk and we call it Wilbur, my dad's name. <laughs> and so now, you know, we have my mother and dad on the property as an eagle and a hawk, which reminded wow. me of John Denver's, you know, the eagle and hawk song that he did from years and years and years ago. So when you see the magic, when you see that we don't die, when you, you know, I work with mediums all the time, you know, so my mother came to me right after her death and she's so happy and she's so young and she's dancing with my dad and she's having a ball. And then she's still, taking care of the family from afar. And she said, you know, in my life, I was a little bit rigid about this and that and the other thing, but now I love flying around the property and seeing the cows and the horses. And so when you get into that state, um, Suzanne Geetzman does wonderful work with, uh, with death and people who've passed over. And there was an incredible Netflix special in January of 2021 about death. And they, it was the best thing I'd ever seen. This, you know, this woman told her daughters <clears throat> that she'd come back as a cardinal. You see them, it's on film. This cardinal just flies in, sits on one of them's shoulder and it's just there while they're weeping. I mean, there, there is no death. Mm -hmm. And I think there are many, many people who will not be able to live in the higher vibrations of what's coming. They hold too much heaviness and it will be okay. Then with the babies and stuff, long, long, long ago, I had to come to grips with this soul chose their parents yeah. as I'm doing a circumcision and the baby is screaming. I really have tried to prevent this, but I can't. And I'm so sorry that this is your path. 
Now, of course, I would never do one, but that back then, that's where I was. Thank you for all your beautiful wisdom. As you know, at the end of the episode, I do a little thing called All About You. So it's just a series of quick fire questions. Okay. And it's just a little bit of fun. First one I ask everyone and the other ones are just kind of more tailored to you. So the first one is wellness is. Wellness is a state of understanding that you are a spiritual being having a human experience. So have as much fun as you possibly can, because when you're on the other side, you have a body and there's no chocolate. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, of all your self-care health optimization practices, which is the absolute non-negotiable? Baths. Baths with Epsom salt and baking soda and music absolute wow. uh, yeah absolute See, i knew you were my spirit animal because <laughs> <laughs> that's mine as well all right uh, oh i can't live without bath absolutely no, no. and music oh yeah um <laughs> absolute must for anti-aging and i know you don't really love that term and i know you don't talk no about but i want to give it to you and yeah. here it is don't ever say your age don't ever say your age step out of the cage of age. So stay with, I am an ageless, eternal being. I mean, when I wrote Goddesses Never Age, I had met uh, Mario Martinez, and he says that uh, we co-author each other's biology, which we do, which is why when you're around masked people, it feels so bad. And why they're around you, they take the mask off. But if you start with, at my age, or I'm getting older, or any of that age talk, just step out of the age talk. In fact, when anyone presents me with that age talk, I'm like, you, you, you don't get it. You don't get it. I don't give my age. I don't think about my age. I celebrate my birthday. I never give it an age. I stay away from milestone birthdays. Those are millstones around your neck. I just assume none of it applies to me. That's how I do it. And just so you know, my husband is currently reading Goddesses Never Age. Oh, I've gotten good reviews. Re yeah, from men, <laughs> they say they get a lot out of that book. I think yeah. all men need to read it. Yeah, I think so too, because they get into that age thing. I've told Kevin, Kevin Jenkins goes, well, I'm getting older. I go, Kevin, I never want to hear you talk about your age. You are a gorgeous man. You could be anywhere between 30 and 50. So just, you know, don't, don't talk about, because your body hears every word. We know that. So I just assume the best is yet to come. And this age thing doesn't apply to me. So that's it. <laughs> Something you swear by that most others would think is nuts. I swear by this belief that I've only just begun and the best years of my life are all ahead. Oh, I love that. A question you ask yourself the most. I don't do that. I, I just, a question I ask myself the most. What's on the schedule for today? <laughs> <laughs> Very pragmatic. Right. Okay. And the last one. So I don't know if you're going to like this, but I do think it's quite pertinent. The best lesson you've learned that can only come with age. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely. And, and that is this too shall pass. Yeah. And it's not, it's not as big a deal as you think it is. And I say that. Having gone through the death of my father, the death of my sister, and the death of my beloved in 2020. So 
you can, these are the things that are meant to bring more and more light into your body mm -hmm. and nothing is forever. And this is what's going to make you who you are. Beautiful. So there's obviously so much we didn't touch on menopause, perimenopause, all these things, but for anyone listening, just make sure to check out Dr. Northrop's books all her bestsellers, Women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom, Goddesses Never Age, like we've said. And honestly, for preparing for menopause or perimenopause, you know, in advance, I always think, you know, even if you're not, because what happens is women start experiencing the symptoms and then what are the books I can buy? Give me the information. And I think the best thing is prepare yourself in advance, know the science and know how to help your body. And Absolutely, yeah. The, the wisdom of menopause is just uh, loaded with that. Even if you did, let's say you're 35, even if you did the first five chapters, because mm -hmm. it'll give you, it, it will give you a preview of coming attractions. Yeah. And if you realize that that is a soul journey, grow or die, which is where we are right now. I mean, I've talked about the birth, that this is where it, it, we're almost, at, we're in a transition ready to push. We are in perimenopause, grow or die. Mm. The whole planet is in perimenopause. Yeah. It's a really good way of <laughs> describing it. Right. Um, right. And also your newsletter at drnorthrop.com. Oh, um, yes. Highly recommend oh, yes. signing up. And I'll that. be I'll be starting a community, at, you know, an online community. And uh, I'll go back to my my daily videos. I think I can put them on Telegram now because it's Absolutely. really right now. It's especially important as as we go through this, the final throes of this rebirth. I would say the next um, two to three months are going to be shocking for not us. And I want people to know the book of revelations. That's for the demons. That's not for us. <laughs> so we want people to know that. Don't be afraid. Thank you so much. Please keep me updated with all these things in this community. And obviously I'm following your telegram account, but we will um, link everything in the show notes so everyone else can have access to it too. And thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. Great. This episode of Reconditioned was brought to you with support by London's leading biological dentistry clinic, the Indu Clinic in Harley Street, a one-of-a-kind clinic that combines biological dentistry with functional medicine to optimize not only your dental health, but your general well-being. Using practices such as safe mercury removal, removal of root canals and hidden infections, treatment of inflammation, treatment of cavitations, and much more. Visit nduclinic.com and receive 10% off your initial consultation and any scans or hygienist appointment by letting them know you came through Lauren on the Recondition podcast. Thank you so much for choosing to listen to Recondition today. I'd be so grateful if you could subscribe and maybe even leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. And better still, if you could share with friends and family who could benefit from the content, that's what I'd really love. I just want us to share the love so that everyone can understand how to use an integrative approach to life and health. For more free resources, visit laurenvacneen.co.uk and laurenvacneencoaching.com.